how we met. Bazario Mwanza. Sife Mwanza. We met in Dola. Yeah, at the studio. He came over to record some songs and yeah, that's how we met. How we met. Hi, this is John Mumba. Well, we met at church 2013. It's an interesting, it's an story. interesting story. How we met on Lifestyle. My names are Matthew Dindi. And I'm Wenya Dindi. We met her, like I first saw her behind a desk in a bank. Uh, that's like in person, because that's the place actually I used to go and get my statements. There was a person who was working behind her who I was always collecting the statements from. So every time I'm seated uh, waiting to go and pick up my statement, She's the face I would always see. So after that, I think I saw her once. Then the next time I saw her was on Facebook. I wasn't sure whether should I friend request and stuff like that. But I think I did. So we met again, so that I was actually pretending to open an account. So with time, I think I couldn't gather myself to say. So I was trying to figure out a strategy. So I said, okay, I'll open an account. Still, that itself didn't work. So I was like, ah, if it's God's uh, plan, somehow this will work <laughs> out at some point. Uh, so that strategy actually didn't work. But yeah, it got me saying hi. We would meet here and there, though we were friends on Facebook. Now, on Facebook, the difference is this. She was seeing somebody else. So, <laughs> did you have to say that? <laughs> I definitely have to say it. So, I was like, ah, I can't get into her details, but I'm hopeful. So, I was like, you know, let's see where God takes it. Hopeful that things wouldn't work um, out. <laughs> well, one of those with that person, prayer, you know. So, but it's one of those things where every time you see somebody, you're asking God and say, Is this the person? So it wasn't that random where, oh, okay, you know, uh, let me put a vibe. But all the time the question was, uh, could she be the one? There was a point where I started now feeling strongly that, okay, God is saying something here. Now, how do I navigate it? So it became tricky. I was like, ah, you know, let me leave it. It will happen, it will happen. So then we actually met at uh, Steers, Kablong. For me, he was this tall guy. Yeah, he was skinny back then. <laughs> he would always come in to collect checkbooks for awesome connections. I still remember everything. And um, I think whenever he'd enter the bank, I would notice, oh, he's come. I make sure his checkbook is ready and stuff. And then apparently we used to chat on Facebook. That's his version. I don't remember those chats. Maybe because, I, maybe I don't know. Maybe I thought it was someone else. I don't know. And surprisingly, you know, these years we've never, like, gone back to confirm it (laughs) but yeah like he said we eventually met like outside the bank at Steers Kablonga Um, I had come to get supper and um, he was with friends 
I think you had come from choir rehearsal or choir, something, yeah. yeah. We're having cake. In yeah. yeah. And then um, I was about to go to Australia for school. And um, yeah, he said hi. Um, he asked for my number. And I gave him my number. And I think I even said, but I'm, but I'm leaving in two days anyways, or something like yeah. that. And um, yeah, I left. I don't think you called me before I left. No. no. I left, went back to Perth, and then... I think that's when the conversations, for me, that's when the conversations on Facebook started. For him, he says they started before that, but I only remember like after I went back. It was like about two years of us chatting on Facebook because I was away for two years. Mm -hmm. I'd come back like in December for holiday. That's when the classic happened. What classic? A movie date. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Went weird. So this is a part where... Ah, that's funny. and I take you off for a movie that's on Facebook. So she's like, okay, yeah. Uh, by the way, by then, so I, I wasn't actually driving. So I was thinking, okay. So I calculated, okay, <laughs> like a cab fare, go come, you know, like my movie to my popcorn. There. Uh, then she comes driving, and I'm like, ah, uh, this doesn't cut. So I'm the passenger, and so I start trying to. I was like, okay, let me be nice. So she says, I'm coming. So we met at Kablonga. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's go for a movie. And you know that uh, very serious at that point. Tried to keep it cool because I was kind of nervous as well. I made a mistake of greeting somebody, and she went to the tube. And she ended up buying her own ticket, <laughs> one popcorn. And I'm like, duh. So then I took it, okay, then this is not a date because it's just like, okay, she has it in control. I felt a little bit weird because, like, I've never known any person who feels, oh, okay, they should pay their own bill. Yeah, no, don't, don't, don't worry, I've already paid both my ticket. I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't know whether I should buy popcorn. She was like, I oh, know, it's okay, I'm, I'm fine, I'll just get a drink. She also bought the drink, so now... It's kind of weird. So we sat in a movie, and it's one of those things. Don't you where remember what movie we saw? I can't remember. I think oh, it was sure. The Incredibles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it I was, right? Too. Which so, I don't yeah. like cartoons. So I must have liked you, even if I bought my own ticket, for me to sit through a cartoon because I'm not a fan of cartoons. She sleeps in movies, so. <laughs> I've been brought up in a way to sort of like recognize potential. So I've seen how my my father built up himself. He started from somewhere. So it was for me, it was never, there was never that discrimination in my mind. You noticed he said that he had prepared cab fare or whatever. I had no problem with picking him up in my car. To me, it was just like, we're going for a movie. Let's go in the car. The car is there. Let's go together. What's the problem? It's a culture that we have developed where our perception is that our own women folk expect to be treated so special and as men we shouldn't expect much for example we shouldn't expect oh they will pay the bill we shouldn't expect that we don't expect that or probably they should buy you socks or anything so it's you now to give out so that in some sense shows a level of Okay, she's independent. She's in control of herself, which sometimes is intimidating for a lot of people. So you have to look past 
of that. And the reason why I could is pretty much my upbringing as well. It's not necessarily because I wasn't driving that I felt, oh, I can't drive. It was just a phase in my life where I didn't look at it as, oh, I'm lacking this, then I can't be good enough. I think my self-esteem on that level was kind of too much. <laughs> my expectations are high. That was actually the beginning of getting to know each other, but that was more complicated because she had a time frame, so you can't call her after 20 hours. So I had rules. <laughs> she'll be sleeping. And I'm coming from a background where, oh, you see people will be calling you 24-7. Hey, 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 where are you? So that I wasn't getting from her. She'll be like, I'm in bed. I'm reading. Uh, after I read, I'm sleeping. So if you call me at 20... <laughs> I don't pick up. So you have to do everything before 20 hours. For a long time, I kept him in the friend zone. (laughs) We only started dating, I think, after about five years of friendship. Yeah. After that first date. That date was just like one of those dates. And afterwards, the sad part is she's still seeing the same person. It's one of those random things where I got to, I don't know, was it your birthday party? Oh, yes, you came home. It was my party, my birthday birthday party. party. Oh, yeah, did I? Yes, I invited you. Oh, wow. So I remember stuff. How how does she invite me and the guy is there? I don't know. (laughs) I really don't know. So it was kind of weird because then the environment was like, "Mm, workmates, you know, brother. And then prospect, and I'm like, so how do I handle myself? So it was kind of weird. But uh, it didn't bother me, though. I felt a little comfortable and hopeful either way. But it wasn't like I'm thinking, oh, okay, should we now try to, should I push some agenda and things like that? I think we became more of friends, so we would chat a lot. So after that, it was... Let me disappear so you can have your time. Yeah, I think one of the things that I appreciated was um, the fact that he actually didn't push any agenda, which ended up being a very good friendship. Unfortunately, sometimes as women, we take advantage of that in men because it became the sort of friendship for me where I could actually go to him and cry about another guy. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for him, sorry. <laughs> but um, that's that's how close we became over those um, five years. And then um, fast forward five years of friendship, I started coming, going to Mount Zion again, this time on my own, um, without his invitation. The time that we met, I can't say that I was a strong Christian. I was, you know, struggling with living in the world versus, you know, that pool of Christianity. So you know where you want to be, but you're struggling with this this other life. And that's one of the th- reasons why I kept him at a distance, because when I saw him, I saw him in his, you know, there's that, you know, when you see somebody through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Ghost, you can't, you know, like whenever I'd see him, I'd see the greatness in him. Like I could see even the calling on him and all that stuff, despite the fact that I wasn't a strong Christian at the time. And um, for me, one, that scared me because obviously I was still out doing, you know, God knows what. And I remember I even used to tell him, I can't go out with you because when I go out with you, I'll make you, I'll make you sin. (laughs) That's what I used to, yes, that's what I used to tell him. I appreciated the fact that despite the fact that there was that battle within me, 
he would still invite me to church here and there. And even when, you know, I'm running to him and crying over guys, I can only imagine how painful that has that must have been for him. You know, when you have feelings for someone and then they're coming to cry to you about someone else. So I can only imagine when I think about it now, how painful that must have been for him. But he stood by me through that battle of my life until a point where I came to church for myself. He didn't have to invite me anymore. I still had the battle that I was fighting. And um, I don't know whether, he, you know, before when he'd invite me to church, after church would talk and whatnot. And then this time we'd just say hi how are you and then go off so I'm like eh, what have I done to this guy now he doesn't he just says hi and walks off but that didn't deter me from coming back to church so I would come back and I think about a month or so is when he now came back and said I, I want to come and see you and uh, I want to come and see you when can I come and see you and that's when I invited him home and at that point I'd actually just gone through like a very bad breakup the funny thing is I would go to church and I was dating this person who was treating me wrong and whatever Reverend Bruce, Pastor Bruce then would be preaching about, for me all I would hear is God telling me, I've got something better for you, I've got something better for you, I've got so whatever the message was, for me my message was just I've got something better for you. So eventually like when I made up my mind to end that relationship, it was on a Saturday night and the next day I went to church. The funny thing is that's the same Sunday that he decided to come and talk, tell me that I want to come and see you at home. And yeah, he came home briefly. Okay, so what he basically he said, he was like, um, look, you know, I've liked you for a long time and um, I want, you know, I want something, but you should know that this something that I want with you, for me, it's serious. It's not just about being girlfriend and boyfriend. I see myself marrying you one day. And I was just like, I just broke up with someone, you know, like the night before. How is this happening? So I, I explained to him that, look, I'm still processing things, but please be patient with me. And I think that was the beginning, I can say, of our dating slash courtship because we we basically dated for like one year, then courted for one year and then got married. So it's like the five years was actually, the five years friendship was more like our relationship in a sense, mm -hmm. that when we actually came to the fact that I now accepted to be with him, everything sort of kind of went by fast. At that point where within those five years we we're talking about, it's, it, was, it was more like she's dating, I'm single. I'm single. She's dating. Yeah, dating. So, I'm single. And, and yeah, so I was like, <clears throat> uh, probably let's allow time and see how it works. So when I saw her coming into church, I felt something tell me, I think let her experience go for herself. I I even remember her walking because I was leading praise and worship. So I saw her walk step into church. I was like, oh. Okay. Why are you looking at me when you're leading no, present? One of those things. <laughs> Just you kidding. Can say, but, you know, we look around, so, but not necessarily like you can. Uh, later, I felt, oh, I think I would love her to know God for herself because uh, it's kind of tricky to explain your relationship with God unless you have your own encounter with God. And um, in a position that I was in, I, I think. Uh, I wanted somebody to understand my ministry as well because I was so sold out. Uh, all I knew at 
this particular moment was I am serving God uh, church Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, in and out. I think I was um, I was dwelling in the church. So uh, I wanted also somebody who is more passionate and wants to know God for themselves, which you have to give them room to embrace and grow. And I think which I started seeing that this time around, she was the one who was coming to church. Even if I didn't say hi, she would say five minutes just to see if I'm going to wave. And if she sees I've connected, uh, she will reverse, go home. And then I was like, oh, I was at church. I said, I saw you. But I think it felt weird for her. I think you played some psychology on me. (laughs) And it happened, and the way it happened, it wasn't like planned. Because I was, and I was like, okay, let me give it time. Something was just telling me, let me give it time. And yeah, pretty much that's how I think from that point, that's when we probably invested more of time together getting to know each other and more of a different way because at this point it wasn't about oh i'm crying about this person and need to go and pick up my bomba <laughs> oh my god how could you tell that story <laughs> and i have to drive out to my boyfriend oh my say, let's go and get your coat imagine <laughs> It's been through a lot, eh? So I was like, ah, but I endured it. So it yeah. was it was with a pleasure doing that. But at, uh, much more for me, I wanted to see her grow. And I wanted to see her become passionate about God for herself. More than you are trying to tell a person, no, no, you see, no, let's believe God together. I think our journey has been much of a challenge in the sense that to grow in faith, you have to have your own relationship with God because that determines how you will respond to the other person. There was no proposal. (laughs) And that was like, I think that was a big thing for me. It was a discussion, actually. I want us to get married, so are we going to get married? Okay, yes. So the, the thing is, I'm thinking, okay, how do I propose? So when I go to the older guys, they're like, no, you can't do this until after you take plates. And I'm like, okay. So it didn't click because for me, I was around mature people, not my peers, who actually would have motivated me to say, oh, wait, let's do it as a surprise. So I didn't have those kind of friends who have had that kind of experience by then that I would pull that. So I, I was leaning back into kind of traditional, like, okay, this is how. So I went to one of the elders who said, no, you can't. Uh. So me, I took it, like, oh, okay. But if it's to follow proto, I'd rather than do it this way, even if we're great. So it felt weird because she wanted it. But I was like, okay, how am I going to pull this? Because I've already now taken plates and we're already now talking about. So we started more of talking about getting married. So I was like, oh, okay. So she would be like, uh, so when are you coming? I couldn't like plan the surprise itself because I felt she wanted me yeah, to so meet it, them before. Yeah. It was more like a conversation where we agreed that, okay, this is where our relationship is going. And um, 
obviously as a woman you want a, you want that proposal the ring and stuff and in the i think in the early years of our marriage that's something that i would think about after you never proposed and all that stuff but then you appreciate it later on he was that considerate that he sat down and had a discussion with me so that we can plot our future and um have a plan for where we're going or a vision for where we're going in life so we didn't have the whole roses in a heart shape and somebody waiting at at the end of that um with a proposal i think our journey to getting married was was different first of all when i finally introduced him i had members of my family telling me finally you guys you you and this guy have been friends for a long time I, where i didn't even know that they knew about him you know i had one of my closest cousins were like yeah we've been looking forward to this i'm like you people actually know this guy <laughs> like where do you see where have you been seeing him the wedding was a roller coaster but at the same time it was our best experience Uh, in that we actually pl- we were planning it ourselves so the details about how it will look and how it will be was us now the tricky part is i had to really leave her to do her creativity because i'm i'm actually very creative uh, human being so i said ah here we're gonna clash mm-hmm. so either it's what she wants or nothing at all pretty much i left her to decide what she wanted how many people were determined yeah. by her and things like that not easy at all oh my goodness for a plus size bride the market in Lusaka is terrible because um one you don't know i didn't know what kind of dress would fit me well so i went to a couple of places for dress fittings one they had nothing my size I still didn't know what shape would fit me. I went to visit uh, my parents at some point. They used to live abroad and um there I was fortunate fortunate enough to at least discover the sort of shape that would fit me. And then eventually what I had to do is um I bought my dress online, which was a very big risk. Um I found a, a seamstress in China who um I picked out the dress like I sort of designed my dress out of several designs of her dresses. And then I had to go to a tailor here to do my measurements and then send them to her and then um we actually did two different tailors and sent two different measurements so that she could then see what um what she could make and um my dress came in about 3 weeks before the wedding so it was a very big risk but it fit perfectly it fit perfectly and i loved it i was like finally i can breathe at this moment in that i was like oh is this really happening It's one thing to actually say we want to get to this point and then that point come and definitely that's uh the most emotional part of the whole proceeding i could notice like she was shedding tears and i cried mm-hmm. i cried uh, she cried oh. and i had the joy of saying okay we have done it we have gotten to this point where we 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 desire to 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 be and seeing her emotional got me emotional too i know tears didn't roll down my no. eyes i cried inside i had um, good friends actually surrounding me and encouraging me because i was like 
the most nervous person. Uh, it's not something that I, I have seen a lot of uh, failed marriages. So by then I was like, is this for real? Is this really happening? Are we here? So what next? And you know, these are questions that you, and then, and you, you've had those conversations with parents and they'll, they'll be telling you, uh, from now onwards, you know, you guys, you are in charge. And you have to take in all that responsibility at this point where you are embracing it and saying, okay, how well will I take care of her? This is something that I've never really perceived like uh, in details, but it has come. So it was just an overwhelming emotional uh, moment for me. My mind was, I think, like a woman's mind where it was like touching every area, you know, uh, and like thinking straight. Seeing her walking, mm, I can even see it now though. And I think that was even more emotional like <laughs> both of them are like okay i'm like what am i supposed to do cry too like, holding each other we got married in november 2014 so we'll be turning six this year and we have two beautiful girls we talk he likes to digest things I like to talk about things there and then. It was a struggle to meet, like, how do we meet halfway? And I think understanding how the other person deals with stuff. So meeting halfway between him wanting to digest things and me wanting to talk about things there and then and understanding where the other person is coming from. And the fact that we were friends for all that time it makes it easier to talk about issues. At first, it's the perception. Usually when you are the only one thinking about what, assuming what she's thinking. If I'm assuming what she's thinking, then I don't know. Meaning we will not connect. It's, it's a place where you bring your side of story on the table, she brings her side of the story on the table and you're able to understand each other from, let me listen and not respond. For a long time, we were not listening. I mm. think it was just one of, ah, you're attacking me, you, you, you know. So it felt like you're just throwing stones uh, at each other. Mm. But with time, uh, effective communication came in and helped me out when I was in Bible school. So I began to understand the psychology on how to get to have a conversation and communicate. And I know in most of our teachings, like uh, in classes that we had uh, in Bible school, they would emphasize on how to resolve conflict. And uh, they would emphasize and say conflict is not bad, but it's how you actually going to resolve it and mm. determine to resolve. But I think while I'm learning that, she hasn't learned that. So mm. I may have the understanding, but it's still not. So every time there's conflict, I'm like, but I have the knowledge. If I don't, even if I'm applying that knowledge, it wasn't working. So now I had to figure out how do I sell this information to her to understand. I felt if I answer all the time we're having conflict, it feels like, oh, okay, it's one-sided. I want to feed on our self-esteem or, or reduce it and things like that. So I took the silence to see whether it's going to work. I grew up in a very empowering home. You can do anything. I grew up being used to controlling my environment, controlling things. So one, for me, submission did not come easily because I was brought up like my brothers. 
um, I can achieve anything I want. I can question anything I want. So, and then also hearing that you are not perfect or good in this if you are a person who has come from a place of struggling with self-esteem issues, because I grew up with self-esteem issues because of being, you know, my weight and all that stuff. So hearing that I'm not good enough in this area, whether he was saying it in a good way or whatever, for me, all I'm hearing is you're not good enough. So that was something that I struggled with. So we would then have clashes where instead of me hearing, not just listening, but hearing what he's saying, I would put up a wall because of my previous struggles with self-esteem. And then that caused him now to pull back and have not want to talk about issues. But one thing that also really helped me is the Holy Spirit is your friend. A lot of people don't have that personal relationship with the Holy Spirit or maybe there's a view that the Holy Spirit is just this force or whatever. But whenever I'd want to bring up something with him, I'd always pray, Holy Spirit, please help me with this. Holy Spirit, even as we have this difficult conversation, please help me. And I found that in our years of dating, that's when we had our biggest arguments, not even after we got married. And the fighting that we did then was the kind where I would shout, throw things and stuff. It was it was it was bad. But after we crossed over and after I learned that I could ask the Holy Spirit to help me, there'll be times where I want to say something and the Holy Spirit will tell me, don't say that. And the times where I decided not to listen to the Holy Spirit and actually said what I wanted to say, that argument would end in disaster. So I learned to rely on the Holy Spirit's help. A lot. I think from inception, I've always believed she's a very intelligent person. And uh, I always believed that actually would make a very good team in the sense of whatever we want to achieve, we would. I can't even remember any day that I thought I would want to pick out, like I purposed to to want to pick out what the negatives are because I, I grew up uh, being told much about my negatives. Like I'm not good at this or I'm not good at that. I had to change myself to begin to believe in myself more. And so I was now trying to get that same belief about myself and begin to see it on her. So I, I, I would see her giftings, which probably she, she didn't think I believed in. And I think it took time because I'll probably be the one encouraging her, say, look, don't think uh, you're just an employee, you're also an, a boss, because there were a number of attributes, whether it comes to work, uh, mostly I feel happy every time I, I see her achieve certain things. Uh, the thing that will make me is every time she would want to talk herself lower than how I see her and wants me to believe that that's how I see her. So I would refuse to say, this is not how I see you, and this is how I see you. And all the time, I think I've been very consistent in seeing most of her strength than picking her weakness. With time, I would see the belief, belief in herself, that she can do certain things, and the passion to want to do those things uh, started as simple as, okay, uh, business, yeah, arranging, yeah, let me get into the decor. I didn't think she knew that I knew some things. I think she always thought that, oh, probably it's passive. For me, it became very easy to become a support system and believe in, in what she wants to do. And uh, it, it was vice versa, where it's not what I want to do that I always want her to support. 
But at this point, I was saying, say, do whatever you want to do. I want to support it. And now I can see that with time, she's very independent when it comes to uh, wanting things done because then she'll be like, oh, no, I can't do this. Uh, let me leave it. No, no, I don't think I'm good enough in this. No, I don't think. But today, she's baking, she's cooking, things like she never really felt, oh, I don't think I'm good at these things. But I believe that she was good at these things. And now that she can see for herself that she's good at these things, they're coming out more naturally. And I think even Hash, she can probably attest that she's become more of a better person than than she was because the way she would look at herself is, uh, would be like, ah, maybe you are good enough, but I'm not good at this. So I was trying to fight that kind of mindset to say it's only me that can cook or it's only me that can do this thing better but she can do it and today she can testify for herself um, I appreciate the fact that she's become more more independent a believer whatever she wants to achieve now I can see that drive and wanting to do it I appreciate the fact that he supports me in everything. I will come up with this. I want to do this. Yeah, we can do it. I want to do this. I think I can do this. I think I can do flowers. Yes, let's do this. I think I can bake. Let's do this. I think I can do events. Let's do this. He's very supportive. He has been and he still is very supporting in everything that I have attempted. Even in my job when I didn't think I could do a certain role that I was given, he was very supportive and would actually help me. This is how you tackle you do this, this and this, contact these people and all that stuff. He has always been supportive and he is he was patient back then with waiting five years and he's still patient now. He's more patient with our little girls than I am because I'm just like Ugh, I need 30 minutes to myself but he will sit with them and play with them and talk to them and take them for walks. Most important thing is to know who you are, who God made you to be. He knew you before you were even formed in your in your mother's womb. He called you out to be a princess, a queen. Um, you are formed in his image. Um, it's very hard nowadays because we look at what we see on social media and what we see on TV and believe that's the believe that's how we should look. But I remember even when we first started dating, people would tell him, how can you be dating that fat girl? You know what I mean? But first of all, one, God loves you exactly the way you are. And yeah. two, the person who's meant to be for you will also love you just the way you are. I would want somebody to understand that if they have to learn to appreciate and value who they are, not through the eyes of other people, but through what God has created them as. And once you find the identity that you are, you have in God, you, you stop looking and you stop hearing other voices. Mm. Then you start to value yourself. I want to encourage somebody to look for the validation that God gives mm. more than the validation that man, man gives. Yeah. Because then you lose who your identity if you want people to validate it. And what actually uh, low self-esteem does, is for, if it's for a woman or for a man, is that it actually messes up a relationship because instead of a relationship to grow 
you struggle trying to validate the other person and you'll be validating them validating and they don't believe it but when they when they see it from the sight of how how god has defined them the growth begins to happen in your life and and the transformation happens you begin to appreciate yourself more you look in the mirror and you tell yourself i'm beautiful it is not what people say it is what god says about you and i think that's what should be very important is finding your identity in god and not the validation from people matthew dindi that's on Facebook. My Facebook page is Mwenya Dindi. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you. How we met. Bazario Mwanza. Sife Mwanza. We met in, in Dola. Dola. Yeah, at the studio. We came over to record some songs and yeah, that's how we met. How we met. Hi, this is John Mumba. Chilashabwale Mumba. Well, we met at church 2013. It's an interesting, it's an story. interesting story. How we met on Lifestyle. Tune in to Lifestyle next week and get to hear more interesting stories on how we met. Lord, you got me saying-